Sean, you're muted. Hey, everybody. Welcome to 688, episode 688. It is Tuesday morning. Uh, my name is Sean Murphy. I'll be your host for the next little bit. Today, we're going to have a conversation about your story. How do you use it? How do you create it? How do you craft it? How do you tell it? So what I want you to be thinking is as you're sitting there, what was the before? What was the trigger? And what's the now? Right? What was the before? Before I was overweight, I didn't have income. I didn't have, there was a before. We've all had a before. Then there was a trigger. What was the trigger that sent you off to go do this thing that nobody's done before? What's that trigger that somebody, that, that, that caused you to wound up uh, to do something that you never thought you'd do before? To go answer the call. And then what's the now? What's the now that you've got going on that uh, is your story? And listen, maybe, maybe, maybe you haven't had your trigger yet. Maybe you have. You got this far. There is a trigger. If you're looking for a bigger trigger, then that's the thing you got to be, you have to become aware of. That's the thing that's waiting on you because it's there. So take a minute, think about your story. Think about your before, right? Where were you? What was the before? What was the before idea? What was the before feeling? The... And there's a, there's a big before, right? So because I can hear in somebody's heads right now, well, I, I, is it this before or is it that before or is it this before? It's the big one. It's the big one that started you on your journey. My big before was um, when I was 14 and my brother was outed and my mom wanted him dead, wanted his name changed. That was my big before. I thought we were this amazing family uh, where we just got along. We were the unique ones. We were the ones that Everything good happened through. And then that day came and that kind of all got shattered. That was the trigger. That was the trigger to never have another bad day. What was your trigger? Some of us haven't really dove into that trigger. Some of us maybe might be a little afraid of that trigger. It's still there. It still happened. Your trigger will help inspire others. Your trigger, right? Brene Brown says your courage, your, 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 what is it? Your, your story gives me, gives me strength. You feeling unsure, you feeling worried, uh, gives us all strength. So what is your story? If you had to go on stage today, could you tell your story? And if you couldn't, I would encourage you to start working on that. What would be your story today? What would be the trigger? What's the now? What's the now that you're in that's better than it's ever been? Because there is a now that you're in that's better than it's ever been. It may still be a work in progress, yet you're here you're 
you're on a call, you're on a Zoom call, you're in a house, you're in a car, uh, you're someplace safe. Your now is not so bad. You've got food. What's your before, what's your trigger, what's your now? Anybody coming up with a new trigger? Anybody becoming aware of their trigger? Anybody not yet sure? Uh, if you know what your trigger, if you're not sure what your trigger is, is uh, type an NT in the chat. Can I open the chat? Where's the chat? There's a chat. And if you know your trigger, type a T. Now you just got to wrap the story around it. The challenge is, is that we don't always, we don't always... We don't always want to talk about that because we think it makes us less. I promise you, if you hear Jay's story about the five steps, if you hear uh, Rhonda's story about being told she couldn't have a child, if you hear, uh, you hear Daniela's story from when she was a child, you hear all of these different people's stories, there were some pretty big triggers that we pushed away, we shoved aside, we've forgotten about. And we think because it's, it's an old trigger, it's a, it was used a long time ago. Listen, the trigger on a 100-year-old gun fires just as well as a trigger on a 2-year-old gun, if it's maintained. We just, some of us haven't maintained our triggers. We don't look at them the same way. When I was 14, that was... 40 years ago, 41 years ago, that's a little bit of a, that's a little bit of a push to say, okay, yeah, I remember that, but I do remember it. I remember the, 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 the checkered carpet we had downstairs. It was black and red, had some foam on it. I remember we had, uh, we had some it was a basement, so sometimes the water would get in, and there were parts of the carpet that were cut by the drains, right? So you could peel back the carpet and let the, the water drain down to the drains easier. I remember the stone fireplace that was downstairs with the heat-a-later in it that we used to heat the house with. I remember the couch. So, what's your story? What's your trigger? What does it sound like? What caused you to get to this point right now? There could be some, there could be some, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's the trigger, and then there could be some uh, additional uh, things that have happened, some additional triggers, some, uh, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, where it adds to the pain, right? 2020 could have added to the pain. Hell, we're 12 days into 20, 2021. There could be some pain added from 2021. Well, what's your before, what's your trigger, what's your now? And what are you doing with it? 
is it inspiring you each day? Because if it doesn't inspire you, I'm gonna, there's a chance, there's a chance it might not do too much to inspire me. What's your story? Your story is valuable. There's a lot to it. Who's got some questions on it or, or who wants to, to have a dialogue about it? I do. Good morning. Hey, good morning. You're here early. I am. It, this was tough. I felt like I was sending him off the first day ever to school. I almost cried. <laughs> Um, my question would be what part of your story do you hone in on so that you're not because I've heard people's stories and they're all over the place sometimes and these people are like making shit tons of money and I'm like well I don't want to sound like that I know what I don't want to sound like but now I'm just trying to hone in on my story of what parts do I take from my life that would have the most impact, I guess. So where were your, where, where were your troubles in your life? Um, where do I begin? <laughs> Probably from the time that I remember. Probably from the time that I was brought to the United States to about now. Okay. So you were brought to the United States. You're seem like you're doing okay now. Yeah. Why, what was really bad about it? Well, the fact that my whole school, I guess, um, career or whatever you want to call it, the whole entire time in school, I was fighting, getting picked on, yeah, but I was picked on too. What makes your story so special? Mm. Do you speak a different language? Uh, no. <laughs> Did you get picked on for speaking a different language? Uh, no, I got picked on for being on a farm. Okay. Um, did you ever get picked on because you're more developed than other kids? Yeah. Um, something bigger. That's everybody's story. I'm trying to think. I don't even remember. I know, and that's and that's the issue because we we remember the things. So was it was it not that you got picked on, but when you went home and got picked on, what did your parents say? Get over it. Yeah. Well, my dad, my like pretty much, yeah, get over it. But um, my dad pretty much condoned me that I could like, cause I, I fought a lot. I was more suspended than I was in school because of it. That's one thing I never did get in trouble for defending myself. I do have to admit that. So, but when it came down to coming home and explaining it, it wasn't, it was never, uh, well, it's okay. Or like what I would do with Mateo. Okay. Actually like, make him feel better. It was always like, get over it. It'll be fine. 
you're so tougher than that. Would it be blah, fair blah, to blah. Say, would it be fair to say then that you're a little bit more defensive than most people? Uh, maybe a little bit. So would it also be fair to say that you grew up with having that no matter what somebody said to kind of get in a fight about it? Yeah. So you don't know, you, you may not know what it's like to have a, uh, a cordial conversation. Pretty much. Okay. So then what was the trigger that's caused you to want to change the way you look at the world? Or has it? Well, the trigger would have to be the times that I was a single mom. Okay. And what, what caused you to, what, what were some of the situations when you were a single mom? Oh, Sean, fuck. Well, we can end. We don't have to go down that path. But those are the triggers uh, that you want. Because okay. there was a point that you didn't have to fight. There's a point that you you wanted to fight, but if you did, it didn't serve your you didn't serve your boy. Yeah. So you got over, you, you, you swallowed your pride because that's how it was brought up in your world. That if you stood up for yourself, you had pride for yourself. So you had to swallow your pride, which made you feel like crap. Man, it's 743 and I'm crying, dude. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying. <coughs> Those are the triggers. When, when you're, when, when you didn't matter anymore, when your way of life, when your way of life wasn't going to serve those around you. When I was 14 and that moment happened, I said, I'm never going to have another bad day again. I, listen, I could have, I could have wound up in a watchtower somewhere. I was so mad. The thoughts going through my head were not good thoughts. And somehow I got this epiphany to say, I'll never have another bad day. I went to the extreme. So if, if imagine if that's the, if we understand Wallace D. Waddle's law of opposites, if my end result was, I will never have another bad day. Could you imagine what the opposite of that was? And that was the trigger. So imagine your moment when, when you were raised to fight, raised to defend, raised to this. Nobody's going to tell you how to be a good mom. You're going to be all of this stuff. Then all of a sudden there was a moment to where you couldn't fight anymore. You needed help. And you had to swallow who you thought you were and you didn't die. You may have felt bad, but those, at those moments you realized there's a little bit more to humanity. Yeah. And that's, and that's the trigger. That's the moment that started you on this path, right? That's what started you down the sales road, service of people. Now, there's people who service and sleazy. There's people who service and, and get, and there's people who service and give. But you got involved in, 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 the, in the, the highly art, the highly professional art of, of exchange of enthusiasm per Zig Ziglar. And, and all of it so that you could take care of your baby. See, the fact that you grew up with a speaking a second language, great, you're awesome, uh, that you were better than most in school, so what? So far, I haven't, you haven't, you haven't made me want to snuggle up to you. Yeah. Right? So that trigger is what makes me snuggle up, you know, and then all of, all of a sudden, 
I have my, my boy, and life changes instantly. They say when you become a mother, you see things differently. Well, they weren't lying. The first time we didn't have food, or the first time that uh, he got sick, and I was by myself, and I thought the world was going to end. Or whatever the story is. Right? Yeah. So that's the moment. That's the moment that makes us warm up to you. And it's a big enough trigger that it's 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 a it's a crossover that causes us to to forget about the fact that you speak two languages, you fight all the time. Everybody has a friend like that. But what makes you different is when you became a mom, right? Yeah. There's a rest to that story. There's another part of that story, isn't there? There's a lot to that story. Yeah. There's a there's a pre to that story too. Yes. Yes. Yep. So all of that saying, those are the little things that those are the triggers. When you get comfortable enough to tell that story. And the, yeah. And the question is, is why does anybody need to hear that story? Because otherwise it's just uh, we're not hearing all of you. And it's not to, it's not because it's going to instantly draw people to you. It's because there's people who have been through that who need to know that if you've done it, they could do it. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin to tell that story. Well, you just, I, I'd probably be sobbing all the way through. Yeah, well, and that's, and that's what happens when you start telling the story. So where do you begin? You begin somewhere and then it gets, you get better at telling that story. You're like giving a kid all of the ingredients to a chocolate cake and you come back an hour later and you're like, holy crap, what happened in here? I was making a chocolate cake. Well, that's not how a chocolate cake's made. That's how I make it. What's this crunchy in the in the batter? Eggs. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, as you work on that, um, and we can work on that if you choose to, uh, but that's going to be, that's a turning point. I mean, I can definitely see how, it, how it's a turning point. And even hearing like the other day when I was on um, Clubhouse and hearing people's stories and having these moms go through like the challenges and having the courage to tell some of those stories. And I'm, I sat there and I was like, I, I don't know. Do you think because they told those stories, people, people saw them in a, saw that, saw how much strength they had? 
Absolutely. And I promise you, if you ask them if they have as much strength as you think they have, they'll say no. I struggle every day. I this, I that. I don't know. I don't see myself as that. They still don't see themselves as that. And it's when you cross over and finally see yourself as that, that the whole thing changes again. It's our story. It's, and we become exposed. And once we become exposed, we become responsible. Right? What does, every, what does everybody say? Uh, in order to know where you're going, you got to know where you're starting from. Yeah. So we just haven't, people, when we haven't told the part of our story that needs to be told, we haven't hit, we haven't hit the starting point yet. Well, shit, I just feel like I'm in the wasteland. I just realized again. <laughs> so, so now, so now you have another call. And the call is, do you tell the rest of the story? Or do you make that part of your story a part that never gets told? And you just say, hey, listen, there's a part of my story that I don't know that I'll ever have the strength to tell it. That even changes everything. Now it's the mystery. It's the mysterious. But you know that only lasts so long because now that's like, well, who the hell knows if there's ever, if there's even anything to that story. Right. Here's what I do know. When people hear that story, they're not going to explode into dust. I might. Yeah, well, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some, some of them, they just might just go, oh, wow, isn't that interesting? Too bad. Um, what's for breakfast? Right. I can tell you this. Everybody wants to know what the story is now. We're not going to talk about it, but it definitely has drawn people in. Like, what, okay, so what could it be? And now all of the guessing is going on, so got that going for you <laughs> <laughs> um it's not that i don't want to tell the story it's not that i'm scared that anybody would get offended through the story because there's probably somebody that will get offended but um putting just putting it together to the point where it's like where I'm actually telling a story that it's not like a a fact kind of thing right well I mean there was reasons why it happened and and results and doubt and fear after it happened and all of that stuff so that's all part of the story how did you get through that how do you get through that So those are just things you got to work on. Okay. The fact that you're talking, you're, you're talking about it potentially is more than you've ever done. So that's, that's a good start. I would encourage you to understand these feelings that you're going through because that's what everybody else that's got to tell a part of their story they're afraid to tell has to go through. And you can speak from this point. 
how many of you realized when you went to go, you, when you had to go tell your story that there was a bigger part of your story that you kept hidden? Because you thought if you kept it hidden, it couldn't hurt you. Well, all I realized is that it's, it continues to hurt and I'm just so used to the pain. Just being conscious that you have a story, an issue like that, puts you ahead of about 90% of the people in the world. Yeah. So what'd you learn from this process, Danielle? <laughs> Wow. Um, what I learned, I had to say that I didn't, I didn't really realize how much of the pain I still hold on to, I guess, in a way that I didn't, those words didn't even come out of my mouth. The story didn't even come, come out of my mouth, but I'm having like, I'm choking up to even talk and I have tears rolling down my face. So what that makes me aware of the fact that I still hold on to that very much so where I thought I didn't make sense. Makes perfect sense. And when you, the fact that you just realized that, do you see how much emotion is hidden behind all of that? Or yeah. I should say hidden stored in all of that yeah yeah and so if that if that had a release if that energy that's stored in there that's probably not the highest happiest energy on the planet what would happen if that went away what would happen if that every time something happy came into your life it didn't have to go through this filter of pain this filter of doubt or this filter of I'm not good enough or this filter of what are they going to think? Because everything, it winds up going through that. I wouldn't hold on to it anymore. I wouldn't think about it. <clears throat> because once it's out, because it changed dramatically once you shared it with me, right? Yeah. Because you had never really shared it with anyone before. Right. So that was a huge change. That changed our relationship. Absolutely. And it was, and all it was was a was a was a uh, um, an uh, uh, an ad admission of it. It wasn't right. You didn't ask, you didn't ask for blessing. You didn't ask for my opinion. It didn't matter. It was just you had never said that in front of anyone before, and now all of a sudden you said it. It changed everything. What about all of the, the folks who are younger who have been faced with that and have never told anybody either? Doesn't mean you gotta do it. 
No, I know. It's just understand that that's that that is the filter that that that's part of the 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 rose colored glasses that you see life through at an unconscious level. It came to the conscious level now and the subconscious level and the tears and stuff because we kind of both know what we're talking about. And I still don't know all the story. Right, I kind of gave you surface of it. Exactly. So that's the power of what Bob shared is that you you now <coughs> you know you have this story. <coughs> For most people, it would have never even taken the, the steps down that lane because it, it's to the individual, it's scary as hell. But to the rest of us, it's like, oh, wow, that's so sad. I'm so Do we have any more eggs? That's no, I know. I know. I know that. Like in the back of my head, I even like I'm I'm totally aware of that. People will hear your story and be like, OK, one, two, three. Uh, let's Whoa. go. Wow. Yes, I, I totally How understand she's that. through life is amazing. <laughs> I got a hangnail. How do I fit? Do we have any clippers? Right. Like, I get it. <laughs> We'd like to think it would have more impact. <clears throat> but it doesn't. Unless, right, Jim Rohn, until or unless. Yeah. Unless it's your tribe. Right? There's some people who... And when they told their stories, they, when I shared my story on, on the call, 40, 35 more people clicked follow on me. Why? I don't know. They don't know who I am, but they heard my story. And sometimes clicking a follow, right? Having followers is about as useful as having a, 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 a colander as a, as a bucket to carry water. Just doesn't make sense. Followers, they're in the moment. It is so, it's, it's the values that they hear, right? Values are those things we use to make temporary decisions in the moment. Yeah. So, so you've got to decide, and I hope everybody's hearing this. You've got to decide, do you want that pain to be the filter for you for everything? Because once you let it go, then it's, you let it go. But that emotion that you say that comes up, that's something that is always there. Yeah, like there's things about my life that I've told you and Rhonda when I was in Texas. Now I could sit with anybody and be like, all right, all right I'm done. And not shed one tear talking right. about it. Yep. But there's the, there's, there's the next... There's yeah, I feel like I'm having a little shortness of breath right now. <laughs> like anxiety is kicking into maximum. And I'm not even talking. All right. That's what happens. That's what, that's what sits inside of you on a regular basis. This is why when we say choose joy, choose misery. Yeah. It's impossible. It's almost impossible to choose joy with that sitting inside of you. Ah, prickery. <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> no exactly you know you're completely right there are days that i have a hard time choosing joy because i feel this way yep i feel like somebody just sat on my chest and i can't i'm like <sighs> gasping for air 
Anybody else feel like that? If you feel like that, drop a one in the chat if you if you feel like that at all. Yeah, every, everybody's there. And the problem is, I'm looking at, it, it is usually, it's the, it's, and I've, for lack of a better description, it's the kind-hearted soul, right? Imagine having this conversation with a Grant Cardone. I'm going to spit my coffee out. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it, but it's part of, it's, it's part of who we are. It's part of what made us. And that, that, that filters everything in our world. And it doesn't have to be that you're running around with your laundry out everywhere, right? You've got to at least let it out so that you know it doesn't control you anymore. It doesn't restrict you. It doesn't hold on to you. It doesn't, it doesn't cause you to feel like an elephant sitting on your chest. Yeah, but that's other things in life. Mm, okay. No, because like, it's, uh, it's not. I'd be lying to myself if it is because I've gone through worse things in life than right now of everything that's going on. It's like, this is nothing. Right. But this is nothing. But what happens is, is this is nothing. But this is one more thing of those nothings that adds up to a whole bunch of crap. And it's like, why me? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the answer to that has to be, why not you? And this is for all of us. Um, Rhonda and I were having a conversation yesterday about finding the fire within us, mm -hmm. the fire of being a single mom, the fire of everything being taken away from you. And you are on this road of unstoppable. And what happens is comfort happens and it kind of, kind of puts you on a break in a way. Yep. Am I saying that right? Yep. So a lot of like, after I got off the phone with her yesterday, a lot of this was going through my head. And then I was like on clubhouse yesterday and I was hearing, I was hearing like a lot of people's stories and um, what they have done. And I'm sitting there and I was like, this is exactly what we were talking about. Yep. Channeling that fuel that we know we have inside of us. So here, here's the other part to that. When you channel that fuel. Yeah. That's available in every one of you powerful, strong women. Somebody's not going to look so good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's the, it's the less smart species. I I know my bride is so much smarter than me. I know she can do so much more than I can. I'm only very good at a very certain niche. The rest, <coughs> I follow her lead. So, to 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 be the strong one to to take that place to take those reins, um, 
requires requires a new uh, a new vision. And it can be done, but the key is how, how do you you got you got there's got to be some there's got to be some uh, 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 pre conversation saying hey listen there's going to be some fun things that are going to happen that I'm going to go for <clears throat> and uh, we're all going to win for it. Yeah, you definitely have to have that conversation or your whole or your whole life is about to be flipped upside down. Right. Yeah, selfish. You do all of this for you. Blah blah blah. It's all about you. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I have to do this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Can I expand on that a little bit, Sean? Sure. Because <clears throat> I think you just put your finger on something that's um, a, a major factor in all this, and that is somebody isn't going to look so good. <clears throat> My personal story, um, it, it took me a long time to figure out that I wasn't, uh, it's, it's a little variation on, on your theme of addiction to approval in a way. Uh, it's that I, uh, along the way, I figured out that someone else's opinion of me is not going to pay my bills. Um, and yet it took me a long time to recognize there's a subtle difference that for me is triggered when I encounter somebody who has a different opinion than I do. And I would oftentimes be compelled, driven to, addicted to getting into at least an intellect, uh, uh, a battle in my own mind with the other person, occasionally <clears throat> discussing the, the issue with them, a difference with them. But what I, what I came finally to figure out was for me, it wasn't a matter whether of wanting someone else's approval. It was a matter of my getting approval from myself that I knew what I was talking about, that I could trust my own belief in what I was thinking. And so, uh, and I think when you, when you suggested, when you finally get to that point, when you finally wake up, when you finally stand up and someone else doesn't look too good, that kind of takes you back to the, 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 uh, the beginnings of most all of our stories. That when we started to shine, when we started to be a little different, a little more productive in our own way, someone else didn't particularly like it and whether we whether we got into a fist fight over them with them over it or whether we just tore ourselves down to stay safe at at the at the this is almost i was thinking of this is almost like getting a root canal <clears throat> because at the very bottom of the is this dead in, a, in some sense, a dead story that, that really is pointless, just gets in our way and we stumble on it. But it can be a lot of, a lot of the time, it can be 
We're just struggling to hold on to our own sanity. We're struggling to hold on to the fact that I know what I know because I know it. There's a lot of experts in this world to tell us otherwise. An expert is an unknown in a hurry in a lot of cases, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but it, it can be, it can be that deep. It can be that, you know, I, I, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I only care to be sure that I know what I know when I know it. And if I'm a, if I'm a little shaky there, then I get uncomfortable. But it's not because I care about, I give a damn whether you really like me, appreciate me, understand me or not. My, my only, my only uh, involvement, my John Wellwood attraction to you as a worthy adversary is, is through the, the process of maybe getting you to understand me and agree with me is not because I want you to like me. It's, it's uh, a means it has been a means in my past to getting proof that I knew what I was talking about when other people around me were crazy. So it's a, it's a little difference. It's a subtle difference between just wanting somebody to like you and love you and say, oh, you're wonderful and aren't you cute and all that stuff. And and, and not being crazy, not being insane, because other people around you might be a little weird, a little off, might be a lot off. And you've got to struggle <clears throat> to stand your ground and trust yourself. Yeah, when it's the first time that you've heard, you've uttered that story out loud, or you've, you've started to look at yourself in a new way. Can you still love yourself even though they think you're nuts? And that's where, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, th I'm thinking with Daniela's situation or, or any one of us, it, it, there's a, going through that process, there's a little bit of this, uh, well, all right, I know my story, but uh, do I trust that it's really the truth? Do I trust that it's true for me? Do I trust that it's important or meaningful? Uh, yeah, I can tell my story, but uh, maybe yeah, I'm not so sure about what that really means. And, and I'm thinking that that, that, that doubt, that self-doubt can be born from our early, early stages in life where someone really didn't listen to us and appreciate what we had to say, so we didn't learn to trust ourselves. Absolutely. And it's, <clears throat> it's the, it's the story at, a, at thousands of words a minute that we tell ourselves that we're not even aware of at 70,000 thoughts a day that we keep, we keep holding ourselves back. And we see, so we, we might even have saw, saw somebody tell a story that had a similar story and, and they got, you know, life didn't turn out so well for them. It's like, well, the hell I ain't going down that path. So yes, it's a, uh, and that's why it's got to be done through a process and, and, and have a, a, in a safe dialogue. And definitely, you know, the challenge with telling your story is that, you know, in the past, if it's ever been to family members or anybody like that, that you know, there's the old 
universal fix, get over it. And that's usually not the best solution. And it doesn't have to necessarily be born of a, of a very emotional, highly emotional traumatic event at one point in time. It can be, it can arise from uh, the, the subtle, subtle neglect of someone who didn't listen to you, didn't really care what you had to say, didn't show an interest in you. They might not have beat up on you or abused you in, in a lot of different ways, but ignoring you was an abuse of a different kind because right. you didn't, you didn't, you didn't learn to trust yourself because no one, no one taught you that you could trust yourself to believe in yourself. And the story we tell now years later, <clears throat> you'd swear they did beat up on you. So, yeah. Cool. Love it, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Corinne, I see your hand is up, my dear. She may be doing exercises. She's one of those amazing souls who works out early in the morning. We'll come back to Corinne. Hey, Gigi. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Okay, so the only way to get past this to talk about it, because I'm sitting here sweating as you're talking to Daniela, and I'm like, hold on, I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing something. <laughs> so is this the only way for me to get past this story is to talk about it, even so though I don't want to talk about it? I would first write it down for you. Okay. Write, it, write it down, and then, and then you can have a conversation about it. Because I feel like I've danced around it. Mm -hmm. But even if I like, I, I'm like, okay, I let it go. And then I feel like it just comes back. And then I'm like, okay, I let it go. And then it just comes back and it's not going away. Right. Because you haven't, A, let it go, but it's, it, it's not yours to let go. It's yours to hold on to. <laughs> it's part of your story. It's who you are. I've been like me saying, well, I'm never going to talk about when I was 14 again. Uh, yeah. I let that part of my life go. Okay. <coughs> that help? You gotta get you gotta get your work done. You gotta go do it. I gotta do what? You gotta do the work. You gotta write it down. What, what's your story? Got to find a place to to share it so that it's safe, that somebody's not going to try to fix it, right? To hear it, to hear it for what it is. Because when we hear it, we may think, oh my gosh, well, that explains a lot. Well, or, I've like figured out that it explains a lot because I've been able to like reverse engineer it. But I go, it goes kind of back to the fact of it's going to make somebody look bad. And that's like a family member. So not you didn't you didn't you didn't give them the choice to look bad or not. That was a choice they had. And that's this that's the thing that's holding us back. Imagine Kayla's story. For years she never told that story. 
I have a very dear friend of mine who's in Canada. He's the oldest living survivor of AIDS. I think it's 33 years now, 34 years. And he was in the network marketing company that I was in. I go up to Canada to have a conversation with him. And he tells me the story. I go, great, you're going to tell that on stage today? <clears throat> He's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, why not? He goes, because everybody's going to be this, that, or the other. I said, okay. So he tells the story and his business goes crazy and everybody falls in love with him. And nobody, all of the things he thought was going to happen, because it happened to him all while growing up, didn't happen. It was just, just the opposite. So all I'm saying is, is that your story is going to be powerful. It will be inspiring. And the people you, that, that are close to you that will hear it probably may or may not be excited about you sharing it. But this is what's holding you back. It's what's keeping you at a plateau you can't get free of it and it's not to get free of it it's to own it right and i love that and even if sometimes even if you just tell it your, to yourself as opposed to i let it go and it comes back i let it go and it comes back if you just if you really have a conversation with yourself about it i mean when i do i think okay it's really not even that bad like people have had it worse sure they have but, but, it's... but you didn't it was worse. It was the worst thing for you. <laughs> sure, I had worse, or you had worse, but that that was a that was a, a worse thing for you. <coughs> and you've just like Bob said, you've got to you really don't care what I think about it, but you've got to know that you can stand in your own shoes and go. That's just part of who I am. It's really no different than a mold you have on your body somewhere or a birthmark or anything else. It's part of who you, it's part of who you are. And these are all of the things that, that keep where I, I know sometimes we sit here and we go, well, it can't be just, it, it, if I tell my story, life can't get easy. All I'll, all I'll respond to is this. You haven't told your story and how's life? Because <laughs> <laughs> life isn't tough for me. It's tough for you because I, I and, and when I know your story, it may not change my life. It may not change. It, it may not change the way I love you right now. Because I'll go back to it like I was talking with Danielle. Wow, that happened to Gigi. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Bless her heart. You know how strong she is? And you're like, yeah, but all of these things happened. It happened to you. It didn't happen to me. Not much I can do about it. I can still love you. But the biggest thing is that, is that what Bob says is that, you know, when, or when we hear people say, well, just get over it. It's really not that important. Don't worry about it. You're going to make them look bad. No, you're not going to make them look bad. That's who they were. That's a part of who they are. Why are you hiding 
what they did. Because all it is is keeping you stuck. So I would I would start to do some bullet points and and you maybe you do a not to post, but you record yourself talking about it just for your own information, and then you can delete the recording. Right? A lot of times people will say, "Go write your go write your uh, problems on a on a piece of paper, then go burn it outside." When Danielle and uh, Rhonda came up the last time, they brought some stuff from from way back when and burned it. Some old stuff. They burned it in a little bucket outside up back. Stuff that I'm like, really? You have that? How are, why, what are you doing with that? Never thought about it. So there's just some old stories that are, that are keeping us stuck that need to be burned, need to be put in the light of day and, or put, turned into smoke and gone away. Imagine if every time I drank water and this had poison in it, it had uh, something to make you sick, I had to pour all the water in here to drink it. I had to pour my water in through here to go through this filter of not so healthy stuff so I could get my water. Over time, over time, what happens? We wind up eventually diluting it enough, but it's always still there. It's always still there. <laughs> so there you go. Kendra, good morning, Kendra. Good morning, Sean. Um, usually I don't speak on your calls, but, I'm, but I do be on them. And since you're talking about stories this morning, huh? uh, like my entire life is a story. Sure. And um, I mean, I can, I learned from you how I can just sum like basically like my whole life story up in like maybe five minutes or less. Okay. okay. So I know a lot of people are afraid to talk about their stories, but I'm not afraid. So I'm going to give you guys a rundown on my story. And hopefully it can touch someone. So growing up, I was touched inappropriately by family members. And then I was raised twice. Um, my oldest daughter's mom, uh, father, uh, he was, um, he's on drugs real bad. So I have to battle that with her from time to time when she gets emotional. And um, as a mom, even when we hurt, we don't allow our kids to see us hurt. So usually, well, I used to just drive and just like scream and cry in the car and, you know, just let it out instead of holding it in. Then I was married to someone that we were together for 10 years. And um, so he had, he slept with like over 25 women. When I got with him, he had one kid, I had one kid. And then we had a kid together. So now he have like eight or nine kids by different women. Um, we've been separated for three years now, and um, he, like, from time to time, I get, like, fake pages or stuff like that where she still, like, attempts to taunt me, but what they do no longer bother me is, like, since I joined um, I Am and just been on your calls and 
just been surrounded by different people. So I don't have the same friends that I used to have. I have one best friend that I keep in contact with. We've been friends for 16 years. And um, I pretty much like just let everything go because like if I allow those things to hold me back, then I'm allowing them to have leverage over my life. And I choose not to let anyone have leverage over my life. I feel like God put his servant's leader on the front line because it's only the people who have been through trials that are able to overcome them to tell their story to help somebody else out. Wow. That's amazing. And you, you are this strength and everybody here has just absolutely fallen in love with you. So let me ask you, now that you just shared that, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel great because you just never know who's going through anything in their life. Like, not to even mention, like, you know, I was in an abusive relationship before. I lost a cousin due to uh, stuff like that. So her kids is here, and he ended up taking out himself, her, her stepdad, and her brother-in-law. Like, we have to learn how to have to just be, to be able to be strong in a sense to where we have people that are, you know, looking up to us and like a lot of people depend on me because like they think I'm like superwoman, but even the superheroes get tired. So here's the thing. You just, you put a perspective uh, for all of us listening to your story, hearing you for the first time. Uh, that the strength that we can have is inside of us. And, you know, some people may have said, well, your life's not as difficult as mine, or somebody's like, dang, my life ain't so bad. We always live by comparison. The reality is, is that you live in the moment and you share this in the moment. And that gave us a, a starting point to see where our life is at. So I applaud you, I, I thank you. Um, my hat's off to you. I admire you. And that took some strength to do that. Yet it was just you sharing because you knew it could help somebody else because you've been through it enough. You had, you, you had a moment where you said enough is enough. And I get that. So thank you for sharing that. Y'all throw up some hearts. I saw a whole bunch of love going up there for Kendra in the chat. So, wow. You're an amazing soul. Glad to have you uh, uh, participate with me this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Corinne. Good morning, Corinne. Good morning. Um, I realized my trigger when I, um, just by being here recently. So my, my story really quickly is that um, I always had this fear. I was, I was given... Ooh, why did my heart start beating? Um, <laughs> I was raped um, in Europe when I was um, 18 or 19. And but before that, even before that, I had I was I was kind of given this fear from my mother of rape from the white man. And that was like weird to say it and even to say it on here. 
but I, I started to think that I think that the, these these fears might be a little bit older than me, you know, and older than this body, older than this this time period. And so I kind of went through a lot of my um, a lot of my adult life just being just being afraid of, of being raped by by men. So I didn't want to be desired. So I, I would, you know, I would I would wear baggy clothes. I didn't want to like stand out. I didn't want to be seen as desirable for a long time. So I wouldn't dance, I wouldn't do anything that would that would draw attention to me. Um, finally, one day when I was in, um, I, I knew that dancing was healing. I, I, one day I started to go to massage therapy school and I, I realized that moving the body is healing. Um, and so um, I was very sad one day and, and, and I tried to ask for emotional support from my friends and there, there was no one there. So one day I went to a martial arts gym and I started, um, and I started uh, kickboxing and then kickboxing led to jujitsu and jujitsu led to two years of doing jujitsu. Um, and during those times when I was in um, that martial arts gym, there was triggers where I would have to, you would still have to fight with, a, um, and the thing is with jujitsu is you, you fight with a man between your legs and, and you do these types of things. And I would remember sometimes um, they would do things, there's called chokes called rape chokes where they, they just put two hands on your, your throat uh, while between your legs and they try to choke you. And during that time I had to, um, I had to stay in my body because there's a, there's a time where you, want to leave your fears and you want to go inside your mind and think of all the possibilities that could happen, all the things that had happened, all the things that have happened to other people, all the things that happened in the when you're in time. And I had to learn how to stay in my body. And eventually I got to the point where it was okay that I could stay in my body during these times. And it was just, and it was during the safety, the safety of a martial arts gym. So after, you know, getting through that and getting through that, I, I felt better and I felt better. Um, now to answer the question of, you know, what did you do? And then where are you at now? So now I'm currently at a point in my life where I know I have this particular fear of being desired by the white man uh, or being by, desired by men in general or not being in control of my body. Um, but um, I realized, so for example, I am currently in the Dominican Republic and um, I look around and I was at the, the store yesterday and um, I had a tank top on and this French man came up to me and he, he, he looked at my arms and he's like, oh, you're a strong woman. Oh, like, you know, he was like, like, he was just like, and he's like, let me touch your arm. And he started touching my arms. He started grabbing my arms. He's like, wow, you're stronger than me. And I like, I just like, it, it literally was like, wow, I've been, it's come so far. Like I've come so far since, you know? And I was like, first of all, don't touch me. Second of all, um, <laughs> when was the last time you have ever lifted weights, old man? old French man, like when, when was the last time you've ever, like, don't, please don't play me, don't play me. Like, just because you have a penis thinks you're supposed to be stronger than me, like, please, you know, like, it's just so funny, like, um, but I've come so far from that point of just 
sitting down fear. There's like, there's a difference between just fear where you're just like sitting down and fear where you're still afraid and but you do it anyway and you stay in your body and breathe. I'm at that point of breathing through my fear. And I think that's called courage. I think that's called like just doing it anyway. Um, but I just wanted to share that um, story. And that's, I think that's my story. I love it. Y'all throw up some hearts for Corinne. Thank you, Corinne. That was, uh, that's powerful. And, and we can, you know, I can't even begin to imagine. I know I can't um, to, to be in those situations, to be able to even have the conversation about it. Um, the courage it takes and the strength it takes. So yeah, to, to have that, that interaction yesterday and to see how far you've come from that and able to play it off uh, and, and just be in control of it. So you're just this, you're, you are this, this power and this strength that I love to get to watch every day. And I love to get to watch you grow and take your place and, and uh, expand your place uh, for all of us to see. You're just amazing. Thank you, Sean. Um, but I think it goes a little bit farther of um, just like being afraid of my the body. I think there's just a dependence that was kind of built between women and men, a dependence of financial dependence, a dependence on sex, using our sex for finances, using our things for finances, our body for finances. I see, you know, prostitutes a lot in this country. Um, I just, I think, I don't know, maybe, you know, trading is an option and trading, you know, maybe something is like the MLM. I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of like figuring things out, but I definitely, like, there has to be some type of way for this, you know, because just the dependence of being afraid allows for a lot of just, it does. And you say you're in the Dominican, right? Yeah. yeah. The Dominican is, 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 is wildly known back. Listen, when I lived in Puerto Rico, um, the D Dominican culture is widely known for women to be of service. So yeah, you're, you're in a place to where that's kind of a cultural dialogue and cultural conversation of the trading and the exchanging. So yeah, no, it, it goes way back more than just, you know, strength or courage or youth. It's, it's part of a, a, a DNA makeup that goes way, way beyond us. So you're absolutely right. So being the strength, being the courage, being the one that's having that conversation, uh, pay attention to how little girls see you because they will see you different than most. They will see something in you that they haven't seen anybody else. There's just, there's this essence. They don't know, they don't know what it is that draws them to you because there's a level of freedom that they, that they still believe in, that they, they come to you and you're like, why are all these kids around me? Wow. I don't know if anything like that's happened. But. <laughs> I climbed a tree yesterday. I climbed a tree all the way to the top and this woman like looked at me like I had lost my mind. Like she, I climbed a tree and I did a back, like I did like a little flip on the tree and she was like, like it was amazing. Like it was like, I was like, yeah, it's just a tree, you know, I just, uh, you know, you wanna try it? It's, it's free, you wanna try it? <laughs> it's free. <laughs> and she 
she literally looked at me like I, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I walk around uh, with my hairy armpits and my strong arms and like, like not like looking at men and not needing them. And it's like, they do see it. I just don't know how to tell them how to even start with them helping them. You know? So, so, so be, be the essence, right? Be the music that's loud enough for them to, to change the story. Okay. And that's okay. all. Just be you. Just be you. Cause it's, it's, it's in the, you wanting them, you wanting to help them causes your message to get lost. You just be okay. you. You're right. And they'll You're, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Cool. Thank you so much, Sean. I love you. Love you too. Okay. RBP, go ahead. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, excuse my raw-ish <laughs> look this morning. Um, wow. What an what a interesting call this morning. Yeah. What I keep hearing over to ooh, let's get out of the light. Hang on, let's go back to the to the orange light. Ah, I'm looking crazy. What I keep hearing this morning is and I wrote it down and I thought, is that all? Is that all I'm supposed to share, God? And that's all I keep hearing is people are looking for connection. That's all it is. People are looking for connection. We overthink, oh, I've got to tell my story and I've got to tell this part of my story and I've got to tell that part of my story. And you know what? If we, if we get out of the way and quit thinking about what we need to tell and just share, people are looking for a connection. And there's gonna be something inside of you that connects with them. And it's weird, and this caused the perfect example. We are listening to a white man in his 50s. That's a farm boy from Ohio with a Russian Jewish mom and a really driven father, and we all connect to him. None of us. <laughs> on this call should connect to that if you think about it but because he shows up and he's willing to be vulnerable and he's willing to expose some he says that to me he's willing to expose some thoughts and some trials we connect with him people are looking for connection and you're going to see it now more than ever before and you're going to see it grow to even greater needs in the next few days and next few months. <coughs> what the ladies did that stepped up and said their story today, every one of us fell in love simply because they gave us a way to connect to them. Simply because they gave us a nugget that they don't give everybody else. So take that thought and put it into your MLM business, <clears throat> the more you do that, the more people that connect with you, the more people that want to be around you because you might throw out some more connections and some more thoughts, your business grows. Even if you're not MLM, Jeremy has a standalone, his sole proprietor business. The more he puts this out there, the more he connects, the more his story, the whole story, just little morsels, Sean gives us morsels, the more people are going to connect with you. It's just connection. Every heart wants to feel connected to another heart. Even if they don't look the same, sound the same, feel the same, or have the same experiences. You just want a heartbeat to connect with. 
I love that God put it on my heart. You have a heartbeat, you have a purpose. Because if you have a heartbeat and I have a heartbeat, that means we both have purpose. That means we have something in common and we can move forward. Now it's just sharing little morsels back and forth, back and forth with each other to stay connected. So find one little morsel. You don't have to dive off into the deep end. You don't have to get on the high dive and jump off into the deep end of the pool. Find one little morsel to share with people today that you've probably never shared and let people see a different side of you because it's going to attract them to want to go. There's more to that. Every one of us leaned in with every woman that shared today. We all leaned in more and went, hmm, there's something more there. There's something more there. So when they talk, what we're all going to do, we're all going to listen. So I'm going to leave you the way I always do. If you have a heartbeat, you have a purpose. And if it's the around you, it's proof of your existence. I'm so glad you're here. I love each one of y'all. Every, everyone that shared today, thank you so much for a piece of you because I'll take it with you. And then I'll leave you with what Mark reminded me of today. Y'all, it's Taco Tuesday. Go somewhere, indulge in some tacos, have a little fun. And when you do, send me a picture of you eating some tacos because I'm going to be eating some tacos and we'll eat tacos together. I love y'all. Have a great day. Love you, Sean. Thank you. There you go, folks. <coughs> Another Taco Tuesday in the books. And uh, I appreciate y'all. Thank you all for the courage that you shared this morning. Thank you for the inspiration you brought and for the you may not know what the leadership lessons that you taught. I love y'all tons. And I'm your head misfit. I'll see y'all where? At the next event. 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 Love you all. 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 Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Love you all. See you all.